0: Welcome to Fast Company Digest, essential stories from tech, design, impact, and work life, narrated by NOAA App. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor and host of the New Way We Work podcast, Kathleen Davis. Here are this week's stories. First, some good news. Many experts believe that the pendulum of power may be swinging back towards employees, at least in some sectors. If you're a leader, here are five common mistakes to avoid with this change in the labor market.
1: Narrated by NOAA Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the NOAA app or at NewsoverAudio.com.
0: For NOAA, this is Jane Wing reading from Fast Company, where on the 1st of September 2023, Julie Winkle Giuliani writes, The labour market may be shifting. Here are five mistakes leaders should avoid. We've all had to adjust to a whole host of new normals over the past several years, including the shifting power dynamics between employees and employers. During the Great Resignation, many employees felt empowered to ask for more and to quit if they did not get more. At the time, many organisations responded by attempting to be more accommodating, to deliberately elevate and personalise the employee experience, and often to raise wages. However, the professor who once coined the Great Resignation says it is now over, and some have suggested that the age of the empowered employee may be coming to a close. Many believe the winds are changing, and the pendulum of power may be swinging back in some sectors from a labour market in which employees had greater power to one in which power appears to be returning to employers. For instance, according to layoffs.fyi, some 979 tech companies have laid off 232,650 employees so far in 2023. High-profile layoffs at tech companies such as those at Amazon, 18,000 jobs cut, Google, 12,000, and Microsoft, 11,000, are fueling employment anxiety. Now, after years of boosting salaries, titles and egos, some leaders may be tempted to grab this returned control and try to steer things back to the way they used to be. As a consultant who helps leaders optimise their teams, I believe this is a mistake. My advice to leaders is that while it may feel like you've got all the cards right now, top talent, the people you desperately want and need, will always have the upper hand. Your good work and progress over the past few years can quickly evaporate if you wield your returning power in less-than-benevolent ways. Here are five common and catastrophic mistakes that leaders should avoid as power in the labour market shifts. The first is forgetting to attend to wellness. Rand reported 10 years ago that 80% of US organisations offered corporate wellness programmes and that number has only grown, delivering very real results in terms of job satisfaction and the ability to attract and retain talent. Wellness is no longer a luxury, but a very tangible part of the total compensation package that employees have come to expect, regardless of the labour market. It is a mistake to cut wellness programmes and to lose on this decade of progress. Second is taking your foot off the development gas. Considerable research conducted during the Great Resignation consistently demonstrated that development, or often the lack of it, contributed mightily to attrition. People crave learning and growth opportunities, and organisations need it too. According to LinkedIn, skill sets have changed by approximately 25% over the past eight years, and over the next three years, this number is anticipated to double. Clawing back development might be a show of employer power, but it comes at the expense of organisational effectiveness. The third mistake is pulling back on recognition. During the pandemic and tight job market, Many organisations and leaders leaned into the power of appreciation, with everything from banners and bonuses to personalised gifts and praise with an eye toward retention. But recognition drives so much more than that. If you care about job satisfaction, engagement or performance, it's wise to continue your recognition efforts no matter what the labour market currently looks like. The fourth is thoughtlessly demanding in-person work. As competition for positions becomes stiffer, it's tempting to layer on additional requirements, like in-person work, to filter candidates, especially as 72% of companies have instituted return-to-work mandates. But even if retention isn't an immediate concern, given the benefits and viability of hybrid and remote work, in many cases – top talent may question the wisdom of a prospective employer that fails to consider the profound productivity and cost implications of its practices and policies. The final mistake is handling reductions in workforce initiatives inhumanely. We've all read the stories of CEOs throwing temper tantrums and behaving inhumanely, seemingly capricious firings, mass layoffs by Zoom, impersonal email dismissals and lockouts. Behaviour like this corrupts organisational culture, undermines reputations in the marketplace and further sows seeds of mistrust in those who remain. It's vital to remember that the pendulum of power is not static. It's perpetually in motion and you can't keep it on the employer's side of the continuum. No matter how hard you hold on, it must inevitably swing back. Organisations and leaders who use the current power shift for good will inspire the growth and loyalty that will put them in a stronger and more sustainable position when the pendulum starts moving again. You are listening to Fast Company, where Julie Winkle Giulione writes, The labour market may be shifting. Here are five mistakes leaders should avoid. This article was published on the 1st of September, 2023, and was read by Jane Wing for Noah. Next, in his weekly marketing column, writer Rob Walker looks at Instacart's recent IPO and the surprising reason why the company is profitable.
1: For Noah, this is Michael Sato, reading from Fast Company, where on the 6th of September, 2023, Rob Walker writes... Instacart is only profitable because of its annoying ads. Instacart, the grocery delivery platform that recently filed for an initial public offering, says that it is profitable. That's an appetizing prospect for investors who are hungry for new tech IPOs. But the company's recipe relies on a surprising ingredient, advertising. While the service has dabbled with ad capabilities since 2019, selling brands' preferred placement in the app, for example. The tactic has been ramped up and expanded over the past year or so, with new options for brands such as in-app video ads. This has become a significant part of Instacart's business model, accounting for as much as $740 million, or nearly 30% of its $2.5 billion revenue in 2022. That's quite a boost considering that the company's overall profit for the year was $428 million, compared to a $72 million loss the prior year. While it remains to be seen how this plays out for Instacart, I'll get back to that. It's certainly another remarkable example of the triumph of advertising absolutely everywhere. As noted here previously, the endless battle between mega-retailers Amazon and Walmart now includes rival, lucrative ad businesses – part of a retail advertising trend that Instacart is arguably part of. As Marketing Brew noted in 2022, nine of the 10 largest retailers in the U.S., including Target, Walgreens and Home Depot, operate their own media networks. The paid opportunity to promote a brand directly within a digital shopping process is obviously compelling, especially if you're worried that your competitors might be promoting their brand in your place. And it's not just retail. Instacart's gig economy peers Uber and Lyft are both pushing new ways to sell ads. And of course, the hyper-competitive streaming sector is increasingly ad-reliant, with even longtime ad opponent Netflix caving in to offer a commercials-backed tier. Are we reaching peak advertising? Just how many business categories can advertising support? Instacart is a worthwhile case study. The service now works with 1,400 retailers, covering 80,000 store locations, including big chains like Kroger, Safeway, and Costco. It reports that it's processed more than 260 million orders in 2022. That's impressive scale. The pandemic era was a big factor in this growth, and it's precisely that volume that generates the consumer data that makes it attractive as an ad platform. But while its ad business is reportedly up 24% in the first half of 2023, actual delivery orders in that time frame are essentially flat. Moreover, the core delivery service is actually a lower-margin business than advertising. Thus, one critique is that Instacart's profitability may now depend too much on advertising, potentially a problem if the relatively fledgling enterprise doesn't pay off as well as brands expect or if Instacart's actual user base flags. Or, of course, if advertisers pull back spending more broadly and get pickier about which platforms they use. Instacart has a little bit of a tricky story because, on the one hand, it's growing due to its growth in its ad sales, one Wall Street analyst told Yahoo Finance. But its growth in its actual transaction volume, meaning the value of groceries that are being delivered, actually isn't growing very much. It does seem that Instacart has a lot riding on this revenue stream. Instacart had previously filed to go public in 2022, riding momentum born in the pandemic, when delivery services in general saw huge revenue spikes, but shelved those plans as the IPO market weakened. That was accompanied by a post-lockdown equilibrium that saw it lay off staff and slash its valuation. Once valued at $39 billion, it was most recently pegged at $13 billion. Current CEO Fiji Simo, who took over in mid-2021 and has presided over the expansion of the company's ad capabilities, is a veteran of Facebook, which, ostensibly, has built one of the monster ad businesses of the modern era. Of course, Instacart's advertising proposition isn't the company's main event, but it also is clearly not a mere sideshow to its actual delivery business. The company's scale, working with 85% of physical grocers in the U.S., it says, is key to what it offers advertisers. This is an advantage as long as the flywheel spins in the right direction. More customers, more partners, more data, more advertising. But that could also become a vulnerability. What happens if, say, Instacart loses a major retail partner? Kroger, for example, is developing its own retail ad platform. If that chain or others decide to break with Instacart, the flywheel could begin to go backwards. A robust ad business depends on a robust consumer user base. Instacart, of course, could always boost promotion for its own service. It certainly would have plenty of options for placing ads. You are listening to Fast Company, where Rob Walker writes, Instacart is only profitable because of its annoying ads. This article was published on the 6th of September, 2023, and was read by Michael Saitow, for NOAA.